If you record audio for any purpose, chances are you want it to be heard. You want to attract the largest audience possible who can hear your message. That's where we come in. We're CyberEars.com, a revolutionary Internet service that will host your audio files and help you promote and track its popularity. Considering hosting a podcast to the world, we have all the automated tools to make the process as simple and easy as it can be. No technical mumbo-jumbo to work out. CyberEars.com does all the work for you. You record it, we take care of the rest. So don't delay. Go to CyberEars.com today and register for a free trial account. Upload your audio files and get heard. With CyberEars.com, it's your audio. On your terms. Paratopia, this is a very special Thanksgiving edition, not only because our guest is one Deb Cobble Cobble. Oh, that's right. You're so, thanks. <laughs> that happened. That's right. Yeah, but because it's almost an experiencer roundtable, right? We've got Lee Townsend, uh, who, as you'll recall from previous episode, is Jeff's um, former, what, ufological partner... Uh, in crime wow. and good friend and all and an experiencer Deb Cobble of course uh, is is Deb Cobble and uh, Jeff Ritzman who we all know hi so it's the crazies the crazies are here and, right. yeah <laughs> and so we're gonna ring in the anti Indian holiday with uh, <laughs> <laughs> see there it sauce is and cheer no, said I'm very sorry yes yeah my apologies for the last few hundred years. Um, but Deb, so I, I guess let's preface this by saying you used to be Kathy Davis of Intruders fame, Bud Hopkins book. Used to be, actually, I probably The artist formerly known as, and of course you are famously, uh, the woman who lost her, her alien to babies, her alien to babies. Let me try that again. Three, two, one. You are famously the woman who lost her baby to aliens, right? See, you messed it up because that's not what my book says. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. We're, we're going to get to that in a second. What I'm saying is that you are famously that woman. Yes. And infamously yet, would probably infamous would probably be a better word. But you would like to take issue with it. Uh, and in fact, you had something happen recently to you that, that really, well, pissed you off. So let's make this a no-holds-barred. Uh, interview and, and I guess let's start with how is it that you became known as uh, the woman who lost her baby to aliens if that is not in fact correct well here first of all you guys I'm going to be cussing so if there's any kids in the room you need to, you need to have them leave now <laughs> um, I am the central figure in Bud Hopkins book intruders as you know uh, not because I you know wanted to be but that's how everything happened and um in bud's book bud took 
all of he spent like three years researching, you know, investigating the family and me and and the experiences that we reported, talked to neighbors, talked to coworkers, friends, the whole bit, right? He wrote his book Intruders. And in his book Intruders, he introduced to his readers our story and our th- uh, things that we told him. And then he introduced to his readers, um, you know, his theories about what he thought was happening to us. I went with him when he went and talked about this book because he, I helped. Well, I, I reached out to him because I was desperate. I was looking for help. I had exhausted every other means of trying to find, you know, someone to explain to me what was going on with me and my family. I was freaking out, having a nervous breakdown practically. And um, I turned to him because mainly because of my sister, she had a UFO experience. And then I had the dreams with the big black eyed dudes and the whole thing. And then I saw that in his book, Missing Time. I'm like, what? (laughs) So uh, anyway, he wrote this book. It got read a lot. They bought the rights to it to uh, do that mini series on CBS intruders. Well, they kind of, there's like, maybe five minutes in that whole thing that actually came out of the book. All the rest of it's Hollywood crap. But uh, in Bud's book, I even uh, talked about that pregnancy that I had that I'd never spoken to. I didn't understand why I mentioned it to him. I never said I got pregnant by aliens. I told him I got pregnant. I always said that I got pregnant by my fiance. And uh, I've always said that. Then I've always, you know, said that I... uh, Went to my mother took me to the doctor. I had a pregnancy test that was positive. Uh, I got a physical exam. I have the medical records. I have six copies of all that that I've got passed around to family and friends. I uh, got used to having this pregnancy, you know, thinking I'm going to have this baby for eight weeks or so, carrying it around to me after that. And then I have a crazy dream. And then I wake up, and I my baby, I knew something was wrong with it. I didn't know why. I don't know why I did, you know, why I connected that and found out I wasn't pregnant. Wait, what was the crazy dream? The dream, and it was in this both books, actually. I fell asleep on my sister's couch, and I woke up in my niece's bed, and I knew my baby was, uh, something was wrong with my baby. I mean, I was panic-stricken. Now, when I have these weird dreams, and I've said this throughout both, you know, especially in my book, what I call the dreams or, you know, if you want to choose to call them memories, that's fine. Uh, I call them dreams because when I, they're different than a regular dream. When I have a regular dream, if I even remember them, I wake up like I think, oh, I had a dream. By the, you know, an hour later, I can't even remember what it was. But these are different. I wake up, and the more I'm awake, the more I remember. And uh, I remember that I remember that that baby was a girl that somebody had taken it from me. I, you know, I woke up from a freaking dream, far as I'm concerned. Found out I wasn't pregnant. Okay, I told Bud all this stuff. So you know, he has his alien agenda and all that. So that's what gets written in the book. I have memories. I have more dreams of these big black eyed guys in these things, but. You know what? Like I said, I don't know. I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It's crazy. And I don't know if what I remember is actually real as far as what the, you know, the baby stuff is concerned with. I didn't, I've never said that uh, aliens 
took my baby. You know what I'm saying? I said I had crazy dreams that I don't understand. You want to know what they are? I'll tell you. You decide. Okay? Because I can't. Um, well, let me take issue with one thing. When last you were on our show, I think it was when last you were on our show, you did mention um, seeing sort of an adolescent... Yes, I've had dreams since then. Oh, of, it was a dream, the adolescent well, child. No, that was the one time I saw that child in the the patio. It wasn't a dream. The, are you referring to when she was standing in my patio? Right, yeah. Right, looking through this lat. No, that wasn't a dream. But I don't know if that was what I thought it was or not. I felt that it was, but I'm not sure, okay? A lot of people have weird shit happen and you think you don't you you think you can connect it to something but you're not really sure. I connected it to that because I saw the big eye looking at me. You know what I mean? But I, I've talked we've talked about this before. When you lose a baby, it's traumatic. And I know how I deal with traumatic situations. Uh, I had that situation with my late husband that we talked about. And your my mind is powerful. Our minds are powerful things. I, I don't know why I connect that to the, to that girl. That was not a dream. But as far as, like, the time that uh, I saw those things with the little girl, the toddler, and she didn't want to look at me, I call that a dream. I felt that was some kind of a dream, a dream sequence or altered state even. I don't know. But I don't know for sure. That's my whole point. I don't know for sure. And I hate it when people... Fuck, I hate it when people do that, and I've always kept my mouth shut because how am I going to fight that? Because I tell them what I see, you know, and what my dreams are, what what I think are dreams, and what I think are memories, and sometimes I'm not sure. But nobody wants to hear that. Well, and this is something that, you know, people would want to say to you, I think, well, gee, why didn't you speak up uh, before? But I didn't did. speak at well, all. You did I did. Book, didn't you? Yes, I did. I spoke up. I mean, you wrote a book. <laughs> I wrote a fucking book, goddammit. And if you would look in the motherfucker, you'd see that. That's my point, too. I wrote this book, what, well, let me look, 92, 91. I went back after this dude wrote this article in this indie, indie paper. I went back and I looked in my book. I'm like, did he not read this shit? Well, okay, let, let, let's get into that. Tell, set, set that up for us. What, what has happened recently that's really set you off? Well, you know what? It, it's like I didn't speak about this for at all for 10 years. My husband died. Well, it was longer than 10 years. My After my husband died, I got tired of fighting it, and I just needed to get away and get my brain back together, you know. And, uh, and then I thought maybe the world might be ready to pay attention more, listen, and other things happened in my life that kind of propelled me back to it. And I'm like, okay, let's try this again. So I accepted a rare um, talk. I went down and talked to a small paranormal group in my hometown that I was introduced to by my other paranormal peeps. And uh, they didn't know a whole lot about UFO stuff. So I went down and talked to them about it, the book. And um, they were very nice and very open-minded and listened, you know, and I talked for like an hour. And then I was approached by this guy. He said, Hey, you got any of those books left? I said, yeah, I got about 20 copies left. Cause they haven't been in print for years. I mean, you know, they've been out of print for years, but I bought a bunch of them up. I had what the publishing company let me buy up really cheap what was left because I just hated the thought of them getting burned. 
So I did. I said, yeah. He goes, well, there's this like used bookstore here across the street. You could do a little book thing, and I'll write something in the local paper about it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Well, he writes this thing, and after when I start reading it, I, first of all, he told me I could look at it before he published it, which he didn't do, which, nah, you know what? Other people do that, too. Whatever. Pisses me off, but what am I going to do? He got the details of that night right, pretty much. But then as I got to reading, I'm like, you know what? It's, it looks like the dude just kind of, you know, listened to an audio tape of what because uh, he had recorded what I talked about. And it just looked like he wrote down that. And then he writes um, uh, something about she's, she was abducted by aliens and taken on a spaceship somewhere. And I'm like, wait, whoa, I never, I don't ever remember getting on a spaceship. And I don't know, and I've told you this before, Jeremy, I don't know whether they were extraterrestrial or some other dimensional thing or or time traveler. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I'm not one of these kind of people that says, oh, they're from, uh, you know, Zeta Reticuli and they're coming here to fight the whatevers and do That's fucking bullshit, okay? Because I was there and I don't know what the hell happened. All I know is remember what I saw. Anyway, this guy, he writes this in there, okay? Then uh, at the end, he goes like, she's the first person to claim to have her hybrid baby stolen by the aliens. And I'm like, whoa, oh, this motherfucker did not read my book one single bit. He doesn't get it. They, they don't care to look deeper. And it made me mad. I thought, you know what? It's no different than it was 25 years ago. Nobody wants to hear the depth of it. They don't want to delve deeper to it because it must be just still too fucking uncomfortable for them. I just, they just crazy cells. They just want me to be crazy. And, you know, I'm fucking over it. A lot of people go, why didn't you talk for so many years? Well, no, I didn't have anything else weird happen. I'd have to stand up there and make a bunch of bullshit up to justify me standing up there talking about the same shit I talked about 30 years ago. I don't want to do that. So, Well, i, I tell you one thing, Deb, um, about reports. And this was, I guess, a local rag, right? I mean, this yeah. wasn't... Uh, and that's uh, the thing that really killed me. It was where I was born and raised. And right. I started getting calls from old school chums like, what the fuck is this shit? I'm like, oh, what? God. I'm like, God damn it. This, well, is, this is it. I can tell you one thing. Uh, I was interviewed... Um, I don't know. It's been more than a few years ago, um, and it wasn't for this. It was for a completely different endeavor, and the guy attributed all kinds of really dumb stuff that I didn't say. I mean, this must be like a, a, a kind of a, a hallmark staple for some of these local reporters to just kind of either embellish or just flat out attribute things to you that are untrue. I mean, that, that actually happened to me uh, twice within uh, a, a pretty lengthy article that he just said things that were not true, that I did not say. So, so I'm not, not surprised. Too, yeah. A couple of years ago with the culture contact stuff, and it was innocuous enough that I, I you know, sort of let it pass. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, a, well, it's amazing that reporters just lie. They just truncate <laughs> yeah. and then lie. Yeah. And listen, I was 23 years old when that shit happened. Just like I told Jeremy, I'm a little bit older now. For maybe, possibly, even I'm thinking I, one of the reasons I didn't take a stand sooner or earlier is because I was young. I was young, and I didn't realize 
what I was able to do. And I'm not the same person I was. And I don't take shit from people like I used to. I was a big fucking doormat. I had like welcome stamped across my head. And not just in this part of my life, but in all parts of my life. And a lot of things in my life are changing. And I'm tired of people's bullshit. I'm tired of the bullshit everywhere and i'm just you know maybe i'm getting senile like my old man but i'll say what i think now hey jeremy do you care if i read this this uh thing i wrote the letter that i sent you uh sure you don't mind no go for it okay because that sums it up to me quickly because i had time to think about it you know what i mean when i wrote it so and then then we can go from there anyway i wrote this I put it on my website. I, I wish they'd publish it in that magazine but I, or that newspaper, but I know they won't. Uh, anyway, my name is Debbie Jordan Cobble. I'm better known as Kathy Davis. This is a pseudonym given to me by Bud Hopkins when he wrote the book Intruder's Incredible Visitation to Copley Woods about me and my family. Uh, this was Bud's book. I'll skip past that. The book my sister and I wrote took that central experience and told first person move forward from that point. If anyone ever really took the time to look and read both books, actually read them, they would note that in neither book did I ever claim that I was abducted by aliens from another planet and that aliens stole my baby. This has been a bone of contention for me for 27 years. It's part of why I chose to begin talking about it again and finally stop talking about it again. I figured if I closed my mouth, people would stop putting words in it that weren't mine. It looks like I'm just going to have to shut my mouth again before I lose everything that means anything to me, which would be like my fucking job because this asshole put my place of employment in the article where I worked, which is a large place in my town, where I lived, and even what I did at my job. And and the bad part about that was when this dude showed up at this book signing, this motherfucker was crazy. Seriously, foaming at the mouth, conspiracy theorist, crazy. Uh, and it scared me because I thought, now I'm going to have to worry about this bastard sitting in his car waiting for me to come out from work now because he knows what I look like and he knows where I work. Thank you very much, Mr. Hunter. Anyway. So wait a second. The, the, the foaming of the mouth crazy guy was not the reporter. No, that okay. was just some guy who showed up for the book signing. All right. And as a matter of fact, he was the only guy who showed up, and he didn't even buy a fucking book because he didn't have enough quarters in his plastic bag to pay for it. <laughs> he had a bag, bad life, isn't it? He had a bag of change that he carried around with him, like a Ziploc baggie full of change, and he didn't have enough. Yeah, you need to do more of those talks, Deb. I know. I mean- well, like, seriously, I think the reason that nobody showed up was because of the way this guy wrote this article. Oh yeah, slanting it so so tragically, it fucked me over. Is what he did. Yeah, and then, like I said, he printed my kids' names. Their real names. He printed where I worked. He printed what town I lived in. He printed what job I do at my work. Why do you need that shit in your fucking article? I've never he heard wa- of such a thing in my life. That's I mean, bullshit. I, yeah, that's they don't even do that for human interest stories. I mean, you need to protect me from you know have a little respect for my privacy and my family anyway. For Christ's sake. Well, not just yeah. him, but the editors as well. I mean, that had to be approved by an editing staff. Well, somebody approved it. Yeah, I know. Now, but anyway, guy, it was, isn't just a reporter, right? He he's part of a UFO organization. No, he's part of a paranormal organization. I see. Really? Hmm. Yes. Because you know, I'm into paranormal shit now too. I've been in that since 2008. You hmm. know, with my uh, with my interest um, in uh, EVPs and things like that. You know, I've always felt there's a connection somewhere with all that. But, yeah. Know. But uh, so anyway, let me uh, I'll finish this up real quick. 
It seems that most people still aren't ready to hear what I have to say. I have, I have never done anything but report to Bud, to my readers, and to anybody that would listen to me, that something extraordinary happened to me and my family. Something that terrorized me into near nervous breakdown. Something that I have no explanation for, that I don't understand, and that I can't seem to make clear to people. I have no idea what I was looking at that night. I don't know what it was. I don't know where it came from, and I don't know why it was here. All I can do is describe what I saw. Nothing more, nothing less. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was alien as an extraterrestrial. I have no idea where they came from. I don't know what they did to me or to my dog that made us so sick other than the 15 minutes or so that I do actually remember, by the way, which I still don't understand and I have a hard time uh, thinking about because it was so freaking crazy. And I remember most of this without being under hypnosis. I can tell you it scared the shit out of me and made me sick as hell. And I believe it was responsible for making my dog so sick that she had to be put down. I can also tell you that all the vivid dreams that I had, all the shit that popped into my head from who knows where through the years and what my own personal theories are about some of what happened. And I always prefaced in my book, these are my personal theories. This doesn't mean it's real kids. Uh, you know, that's literal. This is my thoughts on it, but I can't prove anything. I did my damn best to try to explain it, but I can't tell you all the stuff you would really like to know because I have yet to find that out. Some of it I would like to know, too, and some of it, frankly, I am good with not remembering. I figure that when I'm able to remember it, it'll come back. If I never do, well, then that's okay. I did my best to try to debunk my own stuff. I looked for every reasonable explanation. I contacted everyone I could think of and was told over and over again what it was not, but never what it could be. During the course of my life, I found myself pregnant. I'd always contended that I was pregnant by my fiancé. I have never claimed to have been impregnated by aliens, never had any sexual encounter with an alien, despite what might have been written by unscrupulous writers looking for a boost to thrill factor in their story. I have never claimed that aliens took my baby. I did describe strange, vivid dreams. Uh, one night I woke in a panic thinking there was something wrong with my baby, and I specifically called it a dream. I explained why. I did eventually go back to the doctor discovered that I was no longer pregnant. I also had vivid dreams associated with the loss of this baby. I am fully aware of what my human mind is capable of when faced with something as traumatic as losing what I thought was my baby. After having been told I was pregnant and becoming accustomed to carrying this life inside of me, to have it just be gone, with no explanation, not even a chance to say goodbye, was traumatic. I don't know if my vivid dreams and memories of dreams were my mind's way of dealing with this traumatic loss or something else. I cannot explain why I was freaking out about my baby even before I found out I was no longer pregnant, unless it was because of the vivid dream that I'd had the night before. Maybe I was having a psychic moment. I cannot explain why I felt compelled to tell Bud about my lost pregnancy that evening in my driveway. I don't know. That's my point. I keep telling this over and over, and nobody wants to hear it. They're all focused on Bud's theories regarding my experiences and pregnancies and ignore my feelings about it. Maybe it's because making me look like a crazy person gives them permission to discount everything I say. Then they don't have to feel uncomfortable believing there might be something out there that they can't understand and have no control over. I don't know that Bud is wrong. I just know what I feel. 
I cannot tell you how many times I've had this conversation, and it goes something like this. Them. You know, I thought you were just another nut job from the bonies looking for her 15 minutes. I never thought I would say this, but after hearing you speak, I gotta say I'm fe- I'm on the fence now. I was a non-believer, but you're so compelling now that I have to rethink this. You seem, well, um, normal. Me. Look, trust me, if I hadn't seen what I'd seen for myself with my own two eyes, I wouldn't believe me either. I'm right there with you. It makes it even harder for people when they find out I don't do drugs, I don't drink, I'm a member of Menza, I pass the lie detector test, and I pass psychological testing, and I know the difference between there, there, and there. <laughs> I have concluded that it, this happens so much because, one, Bud's views are assumed to be mine. Two, nobody has ever really read my book, which is a distinct possibility. Three, the general public feels more comfortable thinking I'm just crazy. Some crazy-ass lunatic who thinks the aliens from Zeta Reticuli snatched me up, had sex with me, and turned me into their breeding machine. Then to simply believe that this crazy shit could happen to someone who isn't crazy, and it could happen to them too. To even consider that this world we live in is not what we assume it to be and we are not always in control of what goes on around us is just too much to deal with. Bud's theories about aliens and extraterrestrials and their agenda here on Earth could be correct. Who am I to say the difference? I was in the presence of something extraordinary and I still don't have a fucking clue. I'm still searching for the truth. I have memories, I have dreams of stuff, being told stuff, of seeing things in strange places, but I don't know if it came from somewhere outside or from somewhere inside. I have strange memories of symbols and things I made and cut out to show other people what was in my mind. I think I might know what some of them mean, but I don't know for sure. I don't know that all this stopped when I had a hysterectomy because something in my body or brain chemistry changed. I'm not a doctor, and nobody ever bothered to look at my chemistry either then or now. I even made comments to one of the doctors who examined me in New York at that hospital uh, that it would be okay with me if they found that I had some new mental disorder, as long as they could give me a pill for it and it'd go away. Um, I do know that hormones did not mess up my parents' backyard that night. Uh, Mental illness didn't make me sick for a year with rashes and fevers, kill my dog or create red flashes and shake houses and make balls of light where multiple independent witnesses reported. It doesn't explain the fact that I was missing all day as a child and the police were called to find me. Sleep disorder does not explain any of the mass data collected regarding that night, my case, that of my family. I think that's why I've always disliked the term abductee. I don't feel like an abductee. I never did. I never liked that label. I experienced some crazy shit that I can't explain. I reached out for help when I exhausted all of the means of getting to the truth. People in the media who write articles on our experiences don't realize or just don't give a shit about the damage they do to us and our families with their irresponsible, lazy reporting. Headlines like, I was abducted by aliens, aliens stole my baby, are sensationalistic, inaccurate, and hurtful means to gain attention and sell papers and ad time. After all, we all know that crazy sells. Anything else is too scary. Hard to believe, hard for people to wrap their head around and just too damn real. And that, if it can happen to you, it can, me, it can happen to you, is scarier than any Stephen King novel. Um, 
blah, blah, blah. I know the, the, the saddest part of it all is that there are thousands upon thousands of maybe millions of other people out there with equally as extraordinary experiences and stories to tell, but they will never share it because of the sensationalism, the laziness, and the fear that continues to muddy the waters. So uh, that's that's what I wrote. That's 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 my fucking story, and I'm fucking sticking to it. <laughs> God wow. damn it. <laughs> tell us how you really feel. Can you tell yeah, I was a little pissed? Please don't candy coat it. <laughs> well, here's a question for everyone. Um, so the poster child for Aliens Stole My Baby just ripped up the poster. What does that do to uh, every woman who's come since then to say Aliens Stole My Baby after their hypnotic uh, regressions? Well, you know what? I feel sorry for them, and I can't speak for anyone but myself. And I'm not going to judge anybody because God knows, uh, you know, all the shit in our life that uh, has happened. But frankly, my own personal opinion is that they need to go talk to somebody else. I think abductees are better served by counseling, okay? Talking, uh, group therapy, get a bunch of them together and let them all talk about it. Because in the, in the end, at the end of the day, okay, the feelings that they're experiencing are, are, are the same. The, the reasons for those experiences might be different or, or otherworldly or extraterrestrial, extraordinary in some other way. But, but the result of that interaction, the feelings are the same as any other traumatic you know, a person that's been been tra- traumatized. So treat the the PS the post traumatic stress disorder. You know, uh, I, I would agree with the um, with the concept of of getting some kind of counseling. We've been in settings where we've been in in kind of uh, encounter group uh, um, kind of sessions, that mm-hmm. sort of thing, and that is always kind of just gotten into a situation of basically telling war stories, telling horror stories. Everybody wants to be heard about their strange and extraordinary experiences, but it almost gets to a point of one-upsmanship uh, in in, in the, that group setting. And it always kind of blurs, it, it seems, this has been our experience anyway, where it's kind of blurred into that sensationalist kind of jag when it's really just uh, an attempt to be heard. Look, when we, when we first have these... Uh, anomalous events occur in our life we're trying to find out some kind of meaning for it the mm-hmm. the and the encounter experience is inherently a very personal thing and and deb i applaud you and 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 i thank you for having the courage to a reach out there in the first place to to get some answers because that's where we you know that's pretty much square one where we say what the hell just happened and but then after that after being um you know, subjected to the uh, um, to the National Enquirer sell papers mindset that you're standing up now and saying what's real. I mean, the bottom line is we're all looking for the truth in the matter. Um, some sometimes I think as we grow and mature in it, maybe um, we realize we begin to realize that it is more of a personal thing, and. Um, and because you know, I mean, bottom line is, you stick your head up there, you're going to get shot at. So, right? Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, you know, had I not heard the audio tapes of the Emma Wood hypnosis with Dave Jacobs, I may not have been even. Uh, I mean, that did something to me because that that pissed me off. Now, sure. Fortunately, Bud didn't handle me like that. Of course, like I told Jeremy, this was 27 years ago. But um, and and. 
you know, I'm disappointed in Bud that he has stood up and, uh, you know, taken Dave's side. Because, God damn it, just listen to the fucking tape that speaks for themselves. You can't explain that shit away for nothing. And, no. and the way I look at it with that woman, that she's been labeled crazy like this now, too. Okay? She's really kept meticulous records and stuff. Crazy people don't fucking do that. Yeah. Huh? yeah. God damn it. Hello. Yeah. Well, and the motivations originally they may not have been nefarious ne- motivations as far as it, but uh, you know I've become a great distruster of of regression because it's I just am. it's it, yeah. it's it's too much. There's there's too much uh, opportunity for suggestibility at that point, and and you know we we as as a culture uh, have have kind of grown into this. Uh, you know, little doctor or scientist from another planet coming to study us mentality where that. In all likelihood, and as you say yourself, it may be the case, but it's highly unlikely. Yeah, we don't know, goddammit. Right, and, exactly. and it really makes me mad when somebody comes along and they have every answer for every question. That's not how this shit works. Not, I mean, that's my experience that it's not how this shit works. Well, yep. Dad, let me let me just say one thing, and and one of the things that Lee brought up about the support groups that we went to, or or discussion groups that we went to, was originally they were attended by researchers, and and after so many months of going to these things, like what what was it, once a month or twice, once a month, once a month, yeah. and after a while, it's like the lady whose house we ended up having them at said, "Why are we having these researchers here?" Right. What, what are they, they doing? They we're, don't need to be there. Yeah, we're we're fodder for them writing the next book or the next. Yeah, page. fuck but, that. Right. And that's fine if they're doing something constructive with what you're saying or what. And they're going to give you the money, some of the money they make. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, all all that aside, I mean, it's it's like uh, it, it comes down to, uh, and it, I mean, we talk about the culture. How about the culture of? Ufology. How about the way this has all been portrayed by largely, I'll, I'll say it, three men, Hopkins, Jacobs, and Mac, uh, who have kind of set the tone for this. And now we're finding out years later from people like yourself that really this is not this is not uh, holding to the pattern that they put forth. And that's even set up a, a culture of like a mass suggestibility as far as mm-hmm. uh, as far as this is okay. Well, I had this something happen to me, but and it, it was published this way, so this must be what it is. And Deb, I too have had a case uh, of a woman who came to me, approached me. She heard I was involved uh, in, in the uh, in the topic, and uh, she told me that uh, something happened to her, uh, and she basically turned up, she had been absolutely celibate, and she turned up pregnant one day. And she, you know, very similarly had, you know, gotten excited, gotten her mind wrapped around being a single mom, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, she she got the test. She, it was all confirmed. Then about eight, nine weeks later, she uh, she comes up, she goes for a checkup, and She's not pregnant anymore. Hmm. And that happens a lot. I mean, the yes, family exactly. doctor told me. He said, well, we see this a lot. I'm like, well, really? Typically in miscarriage, though, and, and I've been in a situation where we've gone through that. When that happens, you pretty much know it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, I have those girly bits. Trust me, you know. Yeah, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, and and the bottom line is all we can really do is chalk it up to an unknown. So, wow, right. that's weird. We don't know. 
But then she gets a hold of, of a book that says, oh, okay, well, you were taken into a spaceship and impregnated, and then they came back after your, you know, after your, you know, your, your little nursery period, and they took, they took the, uh, the fetus. And that's that's the what what sticks in that kind of culture that's been created is what sticks in people's minds, and it creates a mass hysteria about it. And people will feed on that. That's what sells books. It sells you know sells TV shows, sells magazines. Who the hell's going to buy a book that says something happened to me, but I don't know what it is? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Yes. Yes. Right. I, you know. And like I said, when all this started flushing out, I was young. I. I I was talking to somebody about the other day, and I thought, you know, I've had to, because I have, I'm doing, uh, I told Jeremy, I'm trying to do a revised edition, expanded revised of this book that my sister and I wrote, uh, especially when my sister's health is still good enough that she could do this. And I have, because I had written the original book on Word (laughs) for Windows or something like that, crazy like that, um, uh, thank God for my Mac because I was able to retrieve that data, but it, of course it's all clusterfucked, and I've had to go through and basically reread the whole book to try to, you know, uh, reformat the, each chapter and stuff. And and I'm looking through the stuff that that I've uh, written in here on my side. I mean, because my sister's stuff that she wrote, I don't, you know, that's hers. But um, and I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot of things now. 27, 28 years later, um, there's a lot of things that I. In, in the theory part of my stuff, my speculation as to what might have gone on now that I'm older and wiser and more ways of the world and of human beings and I know myself better, there's, there are a few things in there I, I, I might feel differently about and, and will indeed uh, you know write about that in the future uh, edition of this book. But there are some things that are never going to change, the facts, you know, and... Uh, I feel sorry that people today, uh, at least back then, 20-some years ago, there wasn't a flood of this shit everywhere. You couldn't go to Walmart and buy a alien head lunchbox. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's everywhere now. Back then, it wasn't. And things were that, – that time was a little different. But th- it's a different time, and we're dealing with different kinds of people and different people that have been exposed to different things. So we're going to have to take a different approach to this whole uh, "quote unquote" abduction thing, uh, absolutely, uh, and that's that's the, the one thing that I've been, you know, I, I've been away from this uh, this field for about fifteen years, and just recently, through a set of uh, life changing circumstances, I've uh, found myself involved in the uh, uh, in the subject matter once again, and and uh, happily, you know, you, you have you know, you mentioned. Um, Speaking with uh, uh, some people that are the real extreme conspiracy, conspiracy kind of people, and then you have the people that just poo poo it and say, "Well, you're just crazy," you know, or whatever. Um, but now you, we, I think we come out of it, and what I came out of it after this time off has been really a kind of a healthy sense of skepticism, and I think that's the voice that needs to be heard. Is that right? Is saying that yes, unquestionably, there's something going on. Without a doubt, we don't know what it is, and you got to kind of fight off the people that are on both sides of the fence, and and you you have to uh, open your mind and allow for the possibilities, and not just dismiss things a out of hand, right. nor be so gullible as to accept any any kind of uh, you know hairbrain right. scheme that comes down the pike. 
Absolutely. And and uh, that's something I've learned in the paranormal field, just getting involved in that in the last three years or so. Um, uh, we go into a situation and uh, debunk, and I'm not using the word debunk as in the UFO debunkers, but we look for the explanations, and 99% of the time we can find it. Uh, I, I, I don't doubt anything. I'm open to anything, but I question everything, including my own stuff. Deb, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. When you have been around the UFO folk, uh, have you ever disputed the notion? I mean, of course, I'm sure people immediately associate you with an extraterrestrial abductee, right? So oh, yeah. when and you I, say, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's what it is, or when you say uh, extraterrestrial, I don't know about that. It could be this. It could be how. How often do you get like extreme resistance to what you're saying? Um, you know what? I don't really get extreme resistance to it. What I get is, oh, okay. Uh, hmm. They just kind of ignore what I said. It's like they don't hear me. Uh, and they just continue on. I don't get any resistance to it. Occasionally, I might have someone like, well, how do you know that? I'm like, oh, I don't know that. I'm just telling you. I don't know. Hmm. You know? I mean, I, I find that, uh, and, and I mean, this has been kind of a hotly disputed thing with me lately, uh, interacting with people, is that, you know, I've said that the, the extraterrestrial hypothesis is um, doesn't doesn't fit to me. It doesn't fit, and that we should be kind of focusing on uh, some sort of other direction to look at. Uh, right. And most people go, "Well, where do you start with that?" Well, I don't know. How about we just find out? How about we just start by theorizing a little bit uh, and looking at not so much the nut and bolt. <laughs> The uh, how many windows did it have? How tall was the being? But more along the lines of how has this impacted the person who's experienced it? Um, you know uh, what what was going on in your life at the time? Seeing actually what is it doing as opposed to what is it? And in asking those questions out in public, uh, you know, on the net, I should say, in public uh, in public forums, you, I, I've been met with like a fair share of resistance to that. It's like, well, we know what this is. Uh, we we know that this is what it. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like the the the, the fix is already in. I know. Right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's already in, and now to try and break that down is a really hard thing. And I think Deb, you've seen that firsthand, and that people don't want to hear the reality of it, which needs no sensationalism at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like I said. It's easier to think we're crazy than and then they can discount everything we say. I mean, because right. like I said. I've had it is. I've had a I've had a lie detector test that I passed. I've had six hours of psychological testing, and I've had an hour of verbal psychological testing by a hospital in Columbia Hospital in New York City, or the psychiatrist up there. Okay, that tell me I'm not crazy. I'm not insane. I'm not delusional. Uh, that the only thing they could really diagnose me with was post traumatic stress disorder. You got to have stress, a, a trauma to have that, basically. Um, okay, I don't drink, I'm in Menza, so I'm not, you know, stupid, and uh, I don't take drugs, and so it's really, really hard to hear me say the things I say, 
and not be frightened by it in on some level. And so they latch on to the sensational shit and then they write me off completely. And I'm like, you guys are missing the fucking boat here. There's some big there's some there's some big shit going on around you, all around you, and you ain't seeing it because you still got your head up your ass, and you need to stop <laughs> and you, look. Did you in a million years ever even dream that you would be met with this kind of crap? Well, you know what? No, I know. Uh, I thought when I, you know, I thought it was the time. Now maybe people would be more open and listen to me more because of all. But you know what? They don't want this. They yeah. want that fucked up crazy shit. Uh, yeah. They want that. And and the, even the people that claim to be experiencers appear to want that. Some of them do. Mm-hmm. And I don't get that. Tr- really, I don't get that. But Well, you're, you're still involved with the paranormal. Yes. Um. Your motivation for that, is that still just what, I mean, what basically is my motivation for it as well? Just seeking the truth. Just try, trying it. to get get to uh, some kind of uh, um, baseline of, of of what we might consider reality. That that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. The only thing, yeah, that's me. And I'm mm-hmm. just finding out that reality is not really real. <laughs> yeah. Or there, there's a whole bunch of them, you know, and where yeah. am I at in all this? Yep. I guess that's the human question of all time, you know. Mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. am I and why am I here? Certainly. What What do you, uh, Deb, what do you see, uh, and when we say the paranormal field, I mean, in general, are we talking about ghosts? That's what we're talking about, like ghost investigations in a, in a location of sorts? Yeah, yeah, we did, you know, uh, cryptozoology. Oh, okay. Uh, all of that, all the, to me, that is all paranormal. What, what do you find different about that versus the UFO field? Um, I see a lot of similarities, actually. Um, as a matter of fact, and I think the similarities are in the experiencers uh, mm. that I'm seeing. You know, it seems like a similar kind of person is experiencing the paranormal activity as a person that's experiencing the UFO activity. I find a lot of similarities in the people themselves, the experiencers. Uh, and I in see. What, in what way do you do you find something similar to them? I mean, well, it, in the genuine. In what I feel are genuine cases, you know, not 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 clear, obvious mental illnesses or clear, obvious hoaxes or, you know, that, but just genuine. I see people, for the most part, that are above average intelligence, that are above average in ability of thinking the outside of the box, uh, that are more open minded to not. I'm not saying so open minded and their brains fall out. They're still skeptical, but yet they're they're open to uh extraordinary things. Whereas they're you know what I mean? They're they're more um spiritual than religious, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh if you can get that difference. Mm-hmm. Uh generally speaking. This is what I'm finding uh in, in the things that I've been doing. Uh, they just seem to be a, a, a different kind of purse of like a maybe more um enlightened in some way or, or more uh, open to it. You know, I, that's just what, what I find. And that's, and that's generally, there's always exceptions to every rule. I mean, when you're dealing with human beings, you gotta, you got to have that. But yeah. well, You can pretty well ferret out those who have already made up their minds from those who are still asking the questions. You can ferret that out in fairly short order. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Do you find you, that it that it suffers from some of the some of the same nonsense as well? 
Yeah, actually, it does. You know, the ghost hunter shit on TV and all that stuff. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, come yeah. on, guys, this is a reality TV show. Here's your here's your clue. The word TV show, right? right. But but though, I gotta say, I was a big fan of theirs in the first season or two when they were still doing Private Residence. Now uh-huh. it's kind of like you know they're going to all the big famous places and all. I'm not so impressed, but right. uh, I. Um, At least none of them are working for the CIA. Right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you don't know that. Yeah. Uh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> you don't know that. You're just guessing. On, on, ne- on, on, on next week's Ghost Hunter, they'll be, doing, they'll be doing a deep sea dive to the Titanic to look for ghosts. Right. I mean, you know what? Somebody is doing that. Oh, I, I heard there's... That's crazy. I know. I heard that, too. But, uh, Can I well, just but, point something out uh, in a completely other direction? just before this little factoid gets lost. It's something that Bill Burns brought to my attention uh, just on the issue of you're crazy, we're crazy, that sort of thing. Um, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM, which is the you know psychiatric and psychological community's holy Bible, has nothing in it on alien abductions, which is to say... Alien abduction is not considered a mental disorder of any stripe. Mm-hmm. And they don't want, and according to Bill, they don't want anything to do with it because they know <laughs> that it's not a mental disorder. God love and Bill. And to say that out loud is yeah. to provoke the question, what is it? Well, right. I mean, Jared, the question for me then is I'm sure someone there is somewhere in there, wouldn't there be uh delusion wouldn't there be hallucination wouldn't there be no, there's I mean, very specific delusions right uh, yeah. really the delusion that you're uh that aliens want to make you their leader that would be an example of an alien oh okay right okay right. so the, the classic notion of the experiencer is not there the closest right. they get is ptsd really I think yeah <laughs> and, and that's what i got diagnosed with and that's the same thing that our vets get diagnosed with that go and fight so. yeah Wow, but, fact, and, and as far as if you go, if you go to their, you know, you just look it up online uh, and go to the website. You can plug in whatever you want for disorders, and they'll come up. And so I was just doing that while while we were talking here, and and I plugged in alien abduction, and the, like I said, the closest thing you even get was what I just said. So you know, go have fun with it and see what you can find. But no, alien abductee ain't there. <laughs> and you know, when I go on a ghost hunt or you know an investigation, we do private residence and local businesses and stuff. I find myself. Thinking in terms of, okay, is this like a haunt? Is this like a dead body or dead spirit or whatever? Or is this um, a, some kind of interdimensional interaction, you know, uh, or, or uh, uh, some well, kind of maybe time travel thing? And same kind of thoughts that I have with UFO stuff I find start to leak into my paranormal research. Mm. Yeah, or, or any combination thereof. Mm-hmm. As yeah. well. And and yeah. the same can be said in reverse. I mean, uh, you know, some UFO reports or, or, or uh, alien abduction reports or whatever, could it be being mis- misunderstood, at, at, but it's actually more paranormal, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so. one thing I, I said to you, I think, on the Black Friday show uh, is I find it ironic, perhaps, that, um, you know, all of these ghost hunter shows, it seems like the last thing that they are is spiritual, when they're dealing with, you know, ghosts, which has to do with life after death, which has to do with religion and spirituality. Right. And yet, you, you look at something like what is supposed to be alien abductions, aliens from another planet coming here, it inevitably goes the route of spirituality. Even if the researchers 
don't like that, you know, they'll they'll say of the abductee, well, that's just their way of dealing with it. It doesn't matter. It inevitably somehow ties back to spirituality. How is that even possible if you're dealing with aliens from another planet? I mean, it, it well, just seems odd to me that that there's that discrepancy. Let me throw this out. I've found my own personal experiences, and I found that the and with other people talking to other people, the more traumatic an event that someone experiences, it, it seems as if they it, it will it can propel them to a deeper spiritual level. For instance, uh, once again, uh, you know, when I've lost my mother died or my husband died or whatever, the trauma of all that. Uh, you, a lot of people will experience these traumatic events, and then they say they feel closer to God. You know, you go within yourself and you find that deep inner strength that gets you through this deep trauma. You know, I don't know that. Uh, uh, you know, having a ghost. Uh, you know move your wedding ring off the nightstand and onto the end table or whatever is that deeply traumatic i think the ufo or paranormal or the you know the uh extraterrestrial alien uh abduction experience i call it that for lack of a better term at this point but because that way everybody recognizes it but i think that's a lot more traumatic uh and it and it can help to propel because i feel that the the deeper your trauma and the deeper your low is, the higher you are capable of going. The, the, the amount of trauma you experience or drama or, or tragedy in your life is directly related to, to your ability, how high up you can feel that, the, the positive side of that. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I, I run about get what you're saying. And, and I think uh, there's a lot to that. I also, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, well, you know, one of the other probably components of this is that uh, studying ghosts is like this objectified thing. It's like you're bringing instruments to study something as opposed to being on a subjective journey or personal journey that's sort of unfolding through your lifetime, I guess. There is a little bit of a spiritual thing in the ghost hunting thing for me, though, personally, and I know other people that are involved with it. Most of them are my age or a little older, you know, that are involved in that. There is a little spiritual uh, part of that to me, too, because I feel like how wonderful would it be if I could bring proof of our existence past this life to people that haven't been able to, you know, overcome their grief. How, how, what, what a gift that could be and how, how much relief and, and that could give somebody. And I myself have lost a lot of people that I love. What I wouldn't give to hear that voice one more time, you know, so that, that's a little bit of it for me also there trying to, you know, do what I do now too. If we're talking about, um, you know, ghost hunting, that sort of thing, we're still dealing in a spiritual realm. So that kind of, that, you know, at first blush, that's what, uh, you know, that's, that's the presumption that we proceed upon uh, in, in formulating our questions. Uh, referring back to your prior question, though, Jeremy, and with a little broader brush, are you referring to people that um, maybe have the, uh, the, the nuts and bolts uh, Hard, uh, hard. You know, this dimension only kind of uh, experience, either with the contact or with just sighting, that uh, kind of just seem to evolve into the Space Brothers kind of uh, uh, um, scenario. Uh, no, it doesn't have to evolve into the Space Brothers scenario. It, it. I think that that can happen. I think that's sort of the delusional, yeah, part of it. But I'm talking about more along the lines of coming out of seeing the nuts and bolts aspect of it and, and thinking, wait, there's something deeper going on here, even if my hypnotherapist doesn't want to see it. 
to raise the questions. Yeah, you, to raise the questions, to not certainly. have them be answered by nuts and bolts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we did a little uh, chat on the our Peritopia live chat last night, and um, you know, someone had said about the Kim Carlsberg interview that her story of you know the, the aliens, you know, baby basically saying I'm a I'm a puppy mill, I'm a you know alien puppy mill, you know, that whole thing, the hybrid aliens, the puppy mill, the stolen pregnancies nuts and bolts aliens from Zeta Reticuli, it feels stale. Like, whatever you may or, you know, think about Kim Carlsberg um, or her personal story, just that story template now feels stale. And I completely agree. Like, I hear this. I mean, it doesn't even matter to me um, who the person is telling it to me. It just feels wrong now, you know? Like, in a way that it, it never did before. It feels like this is stale and old. So, what do you think? Do you think there's going to be a reaction from this phenomena to once it feels stale to us that it changes? Hmm. I don't know. Question. Well, I mean, I think when you say stale, I think that I'm sitting next to the guy who I'm about the stalest of all. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I think that Lee put it the best way I could think of, uh, you know, 15 years ago, which was. To say it's surface level experience, it's that, that this is a multi layered experience, and that if you're willing to accept the gloss coating or or, or the candy coating, mm. then that's fine. Uh, but if you're willing to question it, or you're willing to say I, something's not right about that and look deeper, then you find all of these other things that match up that seem to be engaged in that high weirdness stuff. Uh, that, that that seems to propel you deeper into it. It I mean, make you think, yeah. you know. Right, right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I, I'm, I agree with you, Jeff. Like she needs to go deeper and beyond what she's remembering on the surface, or she thinks she's remembering, and she needs to delve deeper into herself. And, and well, uh, I mean, I think there's a reason for that. I think the reason is is that by nature, I think you know us, you know, little more than highly evolved monkeys uh, are always looking for some sort of answer. I mean, that's what we problem solve. And so this gives them the answer that they need. It, it is the answer. If you want an answer, there it is. Now, it was let just, me take care of this behind the curtain. Right. You know? It was just weird for me because it's one thing for us to talk about that type of story hypothetically as we do on the show. It's another thing to have someone come on and tell it and mm-hmm. be like, wow, I'm not... I mean, I'm so not buying this that I don't understand how you're still buying this. I guess that's sort of my <laughs> my take on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's hard. I mean, when you're when you're looking at this whole thing uh, through the ufological goggles, I think that that's the limits of where you're going to go with it. Unfortunately. Yeah, uh, take take my word for it. When you do have a story like that to tell or something similar or weird and, and you're trying to tell it, but you're trying to also tell people, look, I don't know about this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, that's hard to do. And, and it's taken me 25 years to actually start figuring out how to do it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's one of those things where I I feel sorry for the people back then and now who have something happen to them that doesn't exactly fit into the ufological box. Right. And then I they mean, toss when I, them. When yeah. I started talking about spinning white squares right. <laughs> and guys wearing rice paddy hats, people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right. And I'm like, no, it's, I'm telling you, that's the guy. 
you know, there it is. It's right there. But it also had this, this, and this. Well, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well, that, do- oh, that doesn't fit in the abduction scenario. Right, no, so I'm now sorry. you're full of shit. Right. Sorry, I'm bye. I'm going to dismiss that, and I'm going to just go with the parts that well, I believe. Exactly. That's how it works. I mean, you know, they pick and, and choose. And that's how it shouldn't work. It shouldn't be that way. Amen. No. no. But then, by the same token, uh, you have to look at. I mean, at least in my view, how this thing works, which is, as many people, as Jacques Vallée has said, as Terrence McKenna has said, uh, as numerous other people have said, to talk about this with complete unvarnished truth uh, is to be thought a fool. That's how it works. That's what it is. Uh, So it's got its defense mechanism built in, you know, at least for our society, in, in my view of it. I mean, that be, may be an unintentional part of the experience. It may be unintentional that that's how it works, but it's how it works. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can have some kind of horrible tale to tell, but if you talk about that in every aspect, in every point, point by point, it doesn't, it, it negates itself by negating through you. <laughs> I mean, this is how complicated this gets. And try to mention this to somebody who thinks it's extraterrestrial. Right. That's what I'm talking about when you start talking about these kind of issues. This is where you get the resistance from the ETH cultists. You know? I I mean, that's where you get it. Well, that's just nonsense. That sounds like religion. I mean, that's, that's the kind of attitude that you get. Well, I'm sorry if you're willing to dismiss that component. However, it's part of the component. Yeah. So how can we throw that out? Because it doesn't fit, or it makes it harder to believe than it already is. That's a problem. Yeah, you know, like extrapolating all that, it's even, you know, I mean, you can even take it to the, to the extreme that this is, um, all these phenomena, all these unknown and unexplained phenomena are something that is basically forcing us through, through forced marginalization, marginalization or Mm-hmm. However you want to put it, uh, to to kind of turn within ourselves, and and I and I cannot state in, as much. I don't know, Deb, if you agree with me or not, but the the experience itself is a deeply, deeply personal experience. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So that may be, you know, we we seek the answers, and we and it may be just uh, something to, that. That, you know, at first glance, we'll go with our training and, and kind of ask around, hey, have you ever had this happen to you? Right. This was weird. And then you find out that you're labeled a, a goofball because <laughs> you asked you, because you asked the question. <laughs> right. When really, you you know, the, the question should be more directed uh, toward the within. And we get a gain a deeper understanding and thereby in the long run. It almost forces the evolution of ourselves. I've thought about that before, and and Dr. Heineck once commented to my mother uh, that he thought perhaps not everyone was meant to see these things. And uh, I've wondered, was this whole experience only meant for me? You know, Mm -hmm. when I've been trying to help other people all along, maybe it's me I should be working on. I think think there's a lot to that, Deb, I really do. and, and really, not only for you, but for those who are of a like mind or in similar circumstances. Not that we're any elite by any stretch of the imagination. Oh no, no, no! But, but, but my, God knows, I wish I was. <laughs> but my my belief system is, uh, I feel as if when I if I raise myself, then I've raised everyone because we're all connected. That's how I feel. That's so, exactly. 
Yeah, I, I, and I, I'm in like mind as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a good note to leave it on. On this, okay. on this Aww. Thanksgiving day, yes. Oh. Um, because we're sick of Deb. Thanks. No. no. <laughs> Early on, Paratopia. That's right. This is how we treat guests. You call the host an asshole. No, because she, she actually has to go. So, Deb, thank you very much for your candor and for your strength of conviction and actually, you know, coming out and speaking about this stuff. Uh, well, thanks for letting me cuss, man. That was that felt good. <laughs> <laughs> We're all about the language on here, Deb. <laughs> I love you, Jeremy, and and Jeff. I don't know you as well, but you, you seem like a really stand up guy, and I appreciate and as uh, and I appreciate you guys letting me, you know, spill my brains out here for you. I, I appreciate it. It means a lot. Appreciate you doing it, Deb, yep. very much. And do you appreciate Lee as well? Leah, thank you. It was nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you as well, Deb. I look forward Hopefully to Hopefully, I hope we get to talk again, again too. Yeah. I, I so. No pressure to, uh, to thank Lee. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a twat. Fuck <laughs> it off, baby. It's our Thanksgiving episode. We need to give thanks. We give thank thanks. Right. All right. We gather together. Oh, God. <laughs> While she sings Paratopia, we shall return. You're listening to my good friends Jeremy Vaney and Jeff Rithman laugh their way through ufology on Paratopia, the UFO show for the rest of us. So the Jeff. So the Jer. So the Lee. (laughs) So the Jeremy. That's right, a swerve. Right. (laughs) Um, So what did you think about uh, what we heard here? Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, she, she's got it pretty well put together. Um, uh, I, I really, and, and I cannot stress enough. I appreciate the, um, the, her candor, of course, but, uh, uh, but her willingness to stand up and really, really say very vehemently that this crap is wrong. And, and, you know, um, it's not so much about finding an answer to what's what's been happening. It's to correct a lot of the misconceptions, and that's sorely overdue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's and it takes a, a great deal. And I and I've said this before. And, and again, this is something that, as Rich Reynolds would say, the UFO geezers disagree with is that to dissent mm-hmm. uh, in this is to uh, get bitch slapped. You're uh, out of the club. Uh, yeah, you're out of the club. And, and so I think it takes a great deal of courage to come out and go against the grain like that um, in the way that she did. I mean, to really smack it down and say, this ain't it. This is not – I've not been portrayed correctly. And what's and what's more, I've been abu- abused by the press. There's <laughs> there's right. the other half. Right. I mean, who does press, that? Who, not just who, the press, but also who, in a paranormal group himself. I mean, yeah, it's like double yeah, that's. It sounds like – I mean, who does that? Who prints where you work, your children's names, where you live, your phone number? Who does that? That's I mean, what is cool. what is that, that? That is not cool. I mean, that is, that is. I can understand the embellishment. I can understand uh, how they wouldn't just plain out tell the truth. I mean, I can understand that. But <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had it happen too. I've been misquoted. Yeah, many times. Yeah, I mean, it's. 
it just I don't that flabbergasts me. It flabbergasts me that you know she's not calling the editor and asking for this guy's job. Uh, you kind of got to pick your battles. I that, guess that's it. Know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think she's kind of uh, set the tone now. I mean, and reaffirmed the tone that we've had on this show about. The, the the picture that's been painted of this whole thing since the get-go uh-huh. in the public's view. Uh-huh. We're not talking about people inside inside the, uh, the, the, the little sphere of ufology. We're talking about the public at large. Right. This is how they view it. And she's that person to them. Uh-huh. And, and we wonder why we can't get more eyes on this that are thoughtful and, uh, you know, and articulate. We wonder why. It's no wonder why. I mean, uh, no, when, we, when we start out, we start out as hardcore believers. I oh, think. And yeah, then we, yeah. We we learn to start to question, and we we learn to start to to come around to that. And unfortunately, it's almost like, and I don't want to you know, say that you know the press is, is some you know some beast that's just waiting for fresh meat to come out there so they can put it through their grinder. But uh, um, you know, that's that's kinda, pretty much it. That's kind of <laughs> the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, and then, as you mature through through working through it, you begin to ask the questions, and you begin to delve a little deeply. And there's a lot of stuff, you know. Probably even if you equate it to, you know, just simple UFO reports, ninety five percent of it can be explained. You can mm-hmm. you can make sense out of much of it, but there's still that little bit that is left that's the unknown yeah. that, that we just don't know. Um, she has the courage. Deb has the courage to come up and and say. And shout from the rooftops. Yeah. Something happened, but I don't know. I, I applaud her for that. I yeah. really do. Yeah. I think we're seeing the difference between people who are willing to evolve with uh, the facts versus people who bury them to keep their story alive. You know? That's a great point. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's an excellent point. Um, yeah. I, something that we talked about off air um, that I think is worth noting or pretty amazing or, or, or weird um, is how just – on this show, it seems like we're seeing the story arc or a story arc unfold. Like like I'd said, I think that this is probably our most important show since Emma Woods for the simple fact of who Deb is or was, Kathy Davis, you know, the, the poster child for this. And, what you know, once you pop that balloon, um, then it f- I think all the rest of them have to be popped, you know, because that's what that whole – narrative was based on you know aliens <laughs> my baby was that well if it's right. true for her then it's true for all these other women well it's not true but for also her, baby. but also you and no pun intended you can't really throw the baby out with the bathwater either because she's saying that right. still may have been what happened but that right. is but not, that's those that's, are not her words yeah here's you know. the thing so we had on carl <laughs> feint who says i know what this is we had on kim carlsberg who said i know what this is He's a ufologist. She's an alleged experiencer. Then we have on Jacques Vallée, who says, we don't know what this is. Right. And then we have on Whitley Strieber, who says, we don't know what this is. <laughs> right. Right. And now we're having on Deb Cobble, who says, we don't know what, don't this, know is. what this is. <laughs> I, just, I feel like if you look at this arc for the last few episodes, it's, it's pretty it's compelling. Like, it's pretty compelling yeah. that the I don't knows have it. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It's <laughs> yeah. almost like a Seinfeld episode. It's a show about nothing. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's intensely no. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. As long as I'm uh, Kramer. Right. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? No, I I mean and and it's like what's what's amazing to me is like we haven't planned this. They these have kind of just dropped into place uh for this show and for us. I mean these these it wasn't like we've 
tried to make a narrative arc in this. It just happened that way, which I think is pretty. And I said off offline to uh, to Deb and Lee and you that it, it's weird how the progression of shows has gone since Lillenfeld uh, on up. Um, well, you, all, that, you all are really you're, you're providing a, a service to the to the world community. You really are. Oh, yeah. No, you really are. If you, really, <laughs> if you really think about it, you're sitting back and saying, look at something's going on. Mm-hmm. And to that, I think we all universally agree. Mm-hmm. Something is happening. Something very extraordinary is going on. Mm-hmm. But we can't really be pigeonholed into really, you know, you can't say, you know, dingo ate your baby or anything right. like that. You know, I mean, right. you, you, you can't say that. You can't say that, um, Definitively, nobody's got the proof. Right. And just get back to what you know. What I said before, I used to tell people I studied UFOs. Well, dig it. I don't have one to study. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You you look at people. You, you, just, you look at people, and it's interesting to look at the way people take something and run with it, and run with it. And mm-hmm. a lot of it is fed by the almighty dollar. Uh, that's a big motivation there. And feeding on on the gullibility of people that are hurting, yeah. people that are, are are questioning. They're going through things in their lives that they don't understand, but they need some kind of safe haven, some kind of way to ascribe a meaning, or ascribe some kind of definition, or find out, find some kind of personal validation for it, mm-hmm. uh, for the phenomenon. Well, I, I don't think you can. You, I don't think that you can escape the notion that. Some of the best-selling books of all times are mystery novels, which at the end have right. an answer. Right. So we're like conditioned that present mystery, exactly give right. answer. Exactly. And right. so when right. people are so in in desirement of that answer, mm-hmm. then whatever feels right to them, or whatever kind of fits into like that fits the puzzle pieces is just right. Yeah. They'll ignore what doesn't fit there, but the problem is. It's there. It's there. <laughs> and you Whatever can't it do is. That. Yeah. Whatever it is. Right. So that so the jigsaw uh you know ear has an extra spoke on it that doesn't fit and you're trying to jam it in there and uh, your answer is, well I'll just cut that ear off and then it'll fit. Mm-hmm. And and that becomes, you know, how how people put this into some resolution for themselves. Right. And when you say, wait a minute, there is no resolution, we don't have this. I mean, you get this kind of argument all the time, and the argument goes like this. We don't have any proof for any of this. There is not one nut nor bolt. Mm-hmm. There is not tangible evidence of something weird. Well, what about landing trace cases? Okay. How do you equate that to this? You saw there was an odd object in a field. Mm-hmm. Could have been black project. Could have been atmospheric phenomena. Could have been anything. Can't really put that in a box. Well, what about implants? No implants ever been recovered that has had anything special about other DNA fragments or what Jeremy and I talked about on a show, which I'll tell you off the air, okay. um, about the, the metal fragments found in people that is a product of biology. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there, it, so you've got that. Uh, well, but what about experiencers? Well, none of them got proof either. Right. Well, what about the similarities? Cultural contamination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean – this is the angles that people go in at this for, and they're not asking the right questions. This is not well, what we're supposed to be doing here. And I, I, I get your point, and this is not to negate your point, but <laughs> let me throw this out. You know, Streber had talked about uh, implants, and he talked about the fMRI. Now, it, if such a technology is developed to where we can put a, an experiencer 
who claims to have an implant under the fMRI and ask them questions, and it turns out that it's registering in their brain as a real physical memory that this really did happen to them. Uh-huh. Then you remove that implant. Wouldn't that be actually one step closer to saying that some implants are real? Well, I mean, I look at it this way. Here's going to be here's going to be where I'm going to take this shit. <laughs> Here it comes. You ready? Got your seatbelt on. Everybody, write this down. <laughs> I've said for a long time that the scars, the notion of implants, all these things are are to make you remember something, to make you to be that viscerally real as to it's real. It interacted with me. It put a mark on me. It stuck this in me. Mm-hmm. Now, these things get removed. They never turn out to be much. Mm-hmm. They don't they certainly don't say alien technology. There's not that sort of thing. However, you and I uh-huh. met a man one time who said that something came out of him, out of his cheek or his ear or something, and it was a ball with uh-huh. a pyramid on it. Uh-huh. And he said his first instinct was to throw it away. Okay? There's that. I might bend to that a little bit if he was being truthful with us. And I think that he was. Uh-huh. The other half of it is... Jeremy and I have talked a lot of, about magical practices in this stuff uh-huh. and uh, sigil magic. We've been trying to get on some people to talk about sigil magic. We've had a couple listeners talk about it. Uh-huh. But if this falls into some kind of realm of an object implanted in you for some kind of symbolic purpose, uh-huh. what if that's what some of this is? What if it has nothing to do with the tr- tracking you like an animal? What if it's got a completely different meaning in that this is a symbolic implantation of something? You know, uh, I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking. Like something like I think most of it is glass and bodily fragments, bone fragments, mig- migrating pieces of dirt or whatever. So what you're saying but, is you don't know. Uh, how can anybody? <laughs> well, all I can I, say, I, I, all I can say is that what's been presented so far is an alien technology. Well, here's the thing. Here's great. Let, let me tie this in for you because I think what you're really saying is that if there are things that can be extracted that is from this phenomena that is physical, that it is always going to be presented in such a way as to call itself into question as exactly. to, because that's the nature of this phenomenon. So right. it's to me, I mean, this is what I've always thought about, for instance, Roswell, which I know you don't think happened at all, but I've been open to the idea that the Roswell crash happened, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Um, but that for the specific purpose of injecting the question into social structures. And I think an implant injects the question into the medical community. Um, right. the, the question that will not be resolved it's just right. a way to wake up people who otherwise aren't going are going to block out the experience, aren't going to be able to see it uh, on a personal subjective level, and need to see it at their sort of professional, materialistic, rational reductionist level. I think that's kind of kind of where I was coming from uh, before, Jeremy. I think um, uh, a lot of this is the wake up call um, because this this phenomenon or these phenomena occur. 
uh, on such a deeply personal level. I keep coming back to that, but and and this this uh, extraneous these little extraneous bits that are always going to be marginalized, always going to be called into question, is really going to call called down to really the bottom line. You know where the rubber meets the road is where your belief structure will what your belief structure will will, will stand for basically. Mm-hmm. But it's all could be you know conceivable that it's a wake up call just for introspection to grow inside of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. P- possibility. And that, and that some things, um, you know, are introspection on a personal level and some things are introspection, uh, introspection on a cultural or, you know, societal level. True. Um, yeah, yeah. So it hits us in both ways. Um, but I know, Lee, you wanted to talk about something else here. in our. No, I, I just found it very, very interesting. I know, you know, there's been a lot of... Uh, uh, I've been really watching the uh, watching the web closely, and there's been you've seen a real. Well, people would say people who've been in it for a while would say we're in a quote unquote flap right now, a UFO flap of uh, of many uh, uh, many sightings. There's been a great preponderance. Everybody's got a video camera on their cell phone nowadays, so you're seeing a lot more. Um, a lot more video footage of anomalous things that are in the sky. I'm just wondering, I'm throwing it out here cause to, to you guys because I don't know, and, and I was just really thinking about this. You know, there's been all this talk on there's going to be disclosure. You know, Mr. Obama is going to come on October 23rd and disclose the alien presence, and they're going to show up in droves all over the <laughs> blah, 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 ad, ad nauseum. Um, and and but then you see almost daily there there's more and more you see more and more uh videos of things going on people are are being kind of en masse being um uh enculturated into to um to thinking that well this this disclosure really is imminent it's really going to happen but i tell you what i see a lot of an awful lot of the footage that appears on youtube is just kind of off the hook you know i mean you you see the videos of uh, of airplanes and people put the header you know ufo disguised as a standard aircraft <laughs> um, yes. okay and and then you you just see all these all these things that um you know and referring back to what we said earlier you know 95% of these uh these can be explained through you know by one means or another through through in-depth analysis and the remaining five percent, let's just say, for the sake of argument, the remaining five percent are uh, re- remain in the unexplained category. I was just wondering if either one of you guys have seen an increase in that. You know, we see an increase of the in the number of postings and the the, the number the, the amount of chatter about it. Mm. I'm just wondering if there's been an increase in the percentage. Hmm. Uh, we actually, I, I just left, uh, another podcast, uh, last week was my last week for the Black Fridays because I just don't have enough time in my day to do, you know, three podcasts. Um, sure. But our second to my last episode was on this very topic. Uh, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because it seemed like, like you said, there's a lot of stuff, I mean, stuff coming out of China and it's just funny how everyone says, well, you can't trust China until it's a UFO report. And then, (laughs) my God, UFOs in China, you know. Right. so you've got that, and you've got all of these, uh, you know, the the night flyers um, on the West Coast that somebody tried to juxtapose against the uh, the New York balloons, you know. It's right, like, right. All right. these things are explainable. Um, you know, one piece of footage I saw was literally a mountain, I think, in Turkey at nighttime. 
that people were like triangle UFO lit up. Oh yes, yes, um, I saw that. I saw that. Uh, and and water specks that form um, on the camera, you know, during a NASA launch is now orbs. Right. So you, you know, you see all of this stuff, and the point that that I was trying to make on that show, which I guess I'll just remake here, is or the question really is, why are we doing this to ourselves? It, it's as if we're by the sheer mass of of these things over, you know, even just the last six weeks. Yeah. Um, it's as if we're, we, we so want to believe this, that, that at this point, if somebody debunks something says, well, that's balloons, that's this night flyer, that, that's a mountain. Right. We won't believe it. The, the, you know, the, the facts will be, well, I've seen so much of this, that something about it has to be true. Therefore, all of these explanations, I mean, how convenient that they can just explain these things away. You know what I mean? I think right. our skepticism sort of, or a lot of people, not mine, but a lot of people's skepticism sort of turns toward, well, they're just trying to explain all of this stuff away because there's so much of it coming at us. When in fact, mm-hmm. no, we're throwing a whole bunch of crap our own way right? because right. we want this outside thing. And for a religious person, you know, they want whatever they want. If you're a Christian, you want the apocalypse or whatever, you know. We've got this right. 2012 thing hanging over our heads, which is the final end time date until 2013 when we come up with something new. But for now, it's the final end time date. And I think like even for people who don't believe in 2012, I think it seeps into <laughs> you unconsciously. And right. I think that, it, you know, we start to sort of like scatter like ants preparing for this thing and trying to make a self-fulfilling prophecy out of it, whether it be Jesus coming back, aliens landing, disclosure Whatever it is. And I think, like, this is just sort of the ufological extension of that growing fear. Have you seen the, um, the cartoon of uh, 2012 where the, the, the guy's carving it and there's one of the fellows that's standing next to him carving it, asking him why, the, why it ends at 2012? No. And uh, he says, I ran out of room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, here's the other thing is that I, I don't know about overseas, but I know at least in our – in our country, we have or had UFO hunters. Mm-hmm. We had ancient aliens. Mm-hmm. We have um, the UNX report. We have ghost hunters. We have paranormal state, uh, paranormal cops. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're inundated right. with this right now. Right. And along with the 2012 well, that's thing, that's because the government's setting us up, right. getting <laughs> us ready for disclosure. Right. right. No, it's it just it became. Popular, and and now this is twofold for me because on one hand I say you're primed to hear the bump in the night, right? Mm-hmm. You're laying there underneath the covers and you're waiting for it, and when right. the house settles, it's there, right? Okay. The other half of it is if you inject so much of that into the mass consciousness, my opinion is is that you're going to get what you ask for. I think Colin Andrews is absolutely right. If we think 2012 is going to be you know this this devastating horrible thing. Then that's what it will be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I'm sorry to 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 to, to go a little a little you, new agey on you. Yeah, here, but, you're going by manufacturing reality I'm, as a result of mass intent. Well, I'm going, but well, I'm going if, there. If that's yeah. true, why didn't anything happen for Y2K? Uh, well, some things did happen. Yeah, but uh, some things did because some things would. some same things did happen. What happened? People stockpiled food. 
people it see this is what people don't it did happen i got hired to certify that that audio amplifiers were <laughs> right you know? there was i mean that's the thing. well it, but you're, that's all preparation but the the big it's not as though we willed a giant event Earth-shattering no. event to happen. No, no that's right. No, that's no. Right. But if you'll remember, not long before, you can attest to this, not long before, because you're the one that I think actually told me, you're like, yeah, they figured out nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. You know, and it was right. like a good, what, three, six months ahead of time, we knew. that. that so that kind of quelled out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, I'm still of the opinion that if you inject enough of this paranormal stuff, not only are you inducing people to see things that aren't really what they are, but I think... The phenomena responds to the amount of attention paid to it, you know? That's interesting you mentioned that, too, because I was just, um, I recently read somewhere on the web, so I know it's true, um, <laughs> that uh, yeah. basically the, uh, if if you want to have contact with these critters, fellas, interdimensional uh-huh. beings, whatever you want to, you have to invite them. Oh, yeah. Okay. And as you invite them, they will come. Build it and they will come. All right. Now... I compare that up with with my Judeo Christian upbringing mm-hmm. that and and all the horror movies and all the de- demon movies that I've seen. Right, and I say, well, the devil won't enter your house unless you invite him in. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I know. I know what you're saying. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, the 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 mechanism of some of this stuff uh, looks like whatever you think it looks like. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that's really true. And we said that 15 years ago. We were talking about this very thing. And I'm going, I don't know if he's right about this or not. I don't we know closed. where he's getting this. And then as time went on, right. I'm like, you know what? He, he was right. We, it, we it is that. it with our cultural bias. Yeah. yeah. Well, let yeah. me uh, throw this at you, too, sort of, sort of a skewed version of what Jeff was saying about the media. Um which is the other point I tried to make on the Black Fridays, uh, that we're not where we think we should be based on what our science fiction has told us we would, you know, where we'd be. And so you've got these, you know, we're an entertainment media culture, right? Mm-hmm. And we've got these movies that have amazing CGI. Yeah. And so virtually we're amazing people. We're an amazing society. But in reality – it's pretty third world compared to what we can come up with in movies. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's – even that is like us um, trying to push our way into where we think we deserve to be or you know where we envision ourselves, where we've been told that we should be um, through this whole push for disclosure, you know, push toward this, this bogus Star Trek society. It's like mm-hmm. – it's like in our heads we're going – why hasn't this happened yet? I mean, we've been watching it for you know decades on the screen. Why, why isn't this us yet? Well, it just must be a matter of you know reaching out to what's there because we've been told what's there. I don't know. I, I think there's something in there that needs to be looked at, and along with, of course, just the fact that the global economy is so poor. I mean, just yeah. all of these things build toward us looking outside ourselves for the next big leap in evolution or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Do you, do you think we marginalize ourselves though? I mean, I was, I was listening to Lewis black the other night and, and, you know, he's standing there with his iPhone and he says, you know what? They told me as a kid, I'd never have a computer. Now I've got one in my hand. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> you know, do you know what we have here? Do you know what this, you know, and another guy says something about uh, airplanes. You know, he's like, you know, people get on planes every day, and we never realize 
you're sitting on a chair in the air. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I, I remember when Lisa and I first got married, we'd watch Star Trek Next Generation. And we'd sit there and, <laughs> and watch them punching into this little thing called a pad mm-hmm. on, on the Enterprise. And now we have them. Right. So it's like, <laughs> I, 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 on some level to me, it feels like, what, what's enough? You know, what is enough? How far do you think you have to go? Um, I see exponential growth in, in you know, technologically. What I'm not seeing is it in other areas of spirituality. I don't see the next step. And that's what I think Jeremy's talking about. It's like, what's the next step in our development as, well, as spiritual people? Well, here's I mean, a problem, it, Here's a problem with that, and this is something that I don't think people are going to agree with me on. <laughs> but that's fine. Okay. When we talk about spiritual evolution, right? Because when you look at a 2012 or something like that and you go, well, you know, we're hopefully we're going to ascend. Or even just personally, people say, well, I'm on a path. I'm on a path to ascension. I'm on a path to enlightenment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a guy like me comes along and says, well, no, you're not. Uh, because that you're even thinking that you are or thinking that that's going to happen. That's actually that it would happen is your greatest fear. And then they go, well, no, that's that's crap. I completely want this. You know, they they would argue, I completely want this, right? I'm a new ager. I'm a whatever. Right. And I've got till December twenty first, two thousand twelve, <laughs> to live like hell before before that. Right. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Think about evolution. Think about what evolution really means. What does an ape look like to you? What do you look like to an ape? Because that's evolution. And so, if you're talking about the next phase of evolution, you're talking about another level of you the human being being completely unrecognizable to yourself as you are now. Right. So it's not it's as a- though it's not as though you can take you with you in evolution. It's not as though you get some sort of you egocentric upgrade. It's right. <laughs> you're now another thing and you're looking back at this thing that you were and there's that divide the same way there's a divide between the human and the animal. I don't think people get that, but that's that's the thing that's scary. That's the reason that we actually don't want it even though in theory we think we do. Because you're not evolving your sense of self, you're evolving out of yourself. Yeah, but the word—I mean, the <laughs> operative word is evolve, which 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 implies that it's a um, it's it's like a continuum thing. It's not like a, okay, we hit the as of December twenty first, twenty twelve, we're going to just shed these bodies and we're going to be we're going to be like this new thing all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a gradual or what evolution, right, 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 it is. right. Jeremy, when you're talking about evolution of spirituality or a spiritual sense of being i think it's a it, it it reminds me exactly of talking on the ufo updates list and talking about the argument against the eth it's like you're talking to the people on the inside of this thing whereas i see jeremy as being into that inside seeing seeing his point mm-hmm. he sees his point as that that is the truth. What he just described is absolutely factual to me. When you go outside of that, mm-hmm. and he's talking about these people who want ascension, want enlightenment, and all that, right. they want the cotton candy version of that. I think you're talking about co- two completely different things. Probably. One is a realist sense. Mm-hmm. The other one is what I want it to be. Right. So there's always going to be that want it to be versus what it really means. Well, you know, another, what is the truest sense of that? Let's let's throw another you know monkey wrench in here. So I think you said this to me privately. I don't think you said this on the show. But if you ever had the chance to talk to the man in the black sheet again, mm-hmm. uh, if you had the balls, you would tell him you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> and you know, I said this to some uh, some friends, and and they said, 
um, what? Why would you do that? You know, blah, 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 blah. Jeff, I actually think that is the correct response because I think that what we're saying here, you know, even just going from the Jacques Vallée thing, is that this entire movement for the thousands of years with this phenomena is Uh that it's coming to us and we're listening to it and we're interacting with it. it, but maybe the thing that we need to do is stop in its face and stand up to it. And that's the hero's journey. That's because what is the greatest fear? Isn't the greatest fear not really that this is happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Isn't a fear greater than that standing up to and saying uh-huh. and calling out on the carpet? No, 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 no. You've been bullshitting for thousands of years. <laughs> right. and I'm on to you. And the reason you're bullshitting is because I'm the one keeping me in this game. And so I'm going to take myself out and then see if it evolves. See if truly the fucking curtain is pulled back and then it's like, welcome. <laughs> welcome <laughs> well, to the well, next phase. You have finally passed the test after you know thousands of years. <laughs> Jeff, well, I, I think you should do that. Can I have your guitar? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I mean, my thing was is that Jeremy's telling me this thing of, of uh, them, so, them, the them, the, the them. other, right. saying this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And my answer is, horseshit, how do you know? Right. What do you know? I, prove it. I mean, what, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. This, this predictive nature of some of this alien stuff that's come out is it's very, you know, it, it, it's, it's all prophetic, all this prophetic stuff. And I'm like, bullshit. How do you, what, what, what does that mean? And, and I got that. And Jeremy, that idea in my head actually came out of Jacques' book. Mm-hmm. Because it's like every part in there that I read, I mean, this is what I got out of this book. It leads us. It's leading us like a ring through the nose. Mm-hmm. Come here. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Mm-hmm. You see this? Mm-hmm. Now, do what I'm telling you to do. And my answer is, fuck you. <laughs> my well, answer is, no, I will not be led around by the nose by you. Right. You're going to tell me what you are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and by proxy, what the hell you want. Right. Uh, that, that book really says to me that this thing has guided us by uh, saving people. I mean, you could, you could say this is, my, this is simply my human perception of the event trying to ascribe meaning to it. And right. Jacques got a really good point in that. But I'm looking at it on, on, on the face value. Of it. They, they save a man from being beheaded mm-hmm. uh, by uh, scaring a well. He's exiled. That then is still a spiritual belief that's followed today. Um, you know, beings show up and say, make a church here. They do it. It mm-hmm. becomes a sanctified church. But it's like leading you through something. Mm-hmm. And I've often said, and I've said this, I've had this discussion with my mom, which is the last person you want to have this discussion with, uh, is that I think a lot of the religions of today, I, I, I get this sense that we are ultimately supposed to grow out of them. We are meant to, they are put there almost as the, you know, the obelisk in 20, you know, 2001 to say, when you get here, now you get past this. Now, if you can get past this, there's more when you're ready. But until you meet this point, until you grow out of this, until you can discard this, you're not going anywhere. (laughs) You know, and so that's how I see this phenomena in this book that Jacques has written, where it's detailing all of these things throughout history, leading us along. And my answer is to go, no, 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 no. Why am I building a church here? For what? What are you? Mm-hmm. See, you never, nobody, because how do you have the presence of mind to do that? 
How, how well, do you? I mean, and when in history could we have done that? Pretty much <laughs> yeah. now. I mean, because yeah. back then, you know, there was certainly you would have had a, a larger belief in Mary and Jesus and, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, you would take it face value that Mary just came to you. Right. I mean, right. it's only now in history where enough people have the presence of mind to go, mm, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm lost in the forest and you're saying you'll tell me how to get out of the forest if I build a temple to you here. How about right. you just give me directions out of the fucking forest? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the other half is, is, is that I go back to my mechanisms, which is the overwhelming thematic is pay attention. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Don't stand there like, I can't believe this. Just look at what we're showing you. And I think that when you're confronted with this thing, number one, it's unexpected. Or at least for some points that I can think of in my experience has been unexpected. It's been, mm-hmm. holy shit, there it is. There's no time, and I made the joke last last episode, there's no time to go, hold on, everybody, there's been a paranormal experience, I'm going to need a statement from everyone. Right. That doesn't work. Right. Okay, it's it, pay attention. And when you're paying attention to this, that's the hard part. That's the part you can't get, is because this thing shows up in front of you, and now it's not about a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's not about a support group. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting together with your friends. It's not about you and me. Now it's standing in the floor and it's looking me in the face. Mm-hmm. Now it's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fucking real. And now what? Now you stand now there what? with your mouth jacked open going, uh, 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 because what else is there to do? <laughs> well, yeah. How do you play That's a game? The hard- of, how do you play a game of chicken with the unknown? Unless- <laughs> right. Unless you're right. just finally at the point where that's okay for you to do. Like, I think if you pl- – see, I think, again, these are the subtleties of just language. Like, it's not enough to play chicken, to, to be crass and be like, well, fuck you. I don't believe this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're lying to yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then, yeah. then I think the phenomenon will eat you alive because you're lying to yourself. And But that's I think right. the second that you're not, the second that you are completely wholly there – in that moment, you know, and this is the only thing that you can say or react with, and it's real, then I think there's a possibility that the next revelation will happen in this for you. You have just described a classic hero story. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the classic. I think it's been repeating and repeating and repeating, you know? Yep. Yep. Where the fuck are we? Where the fuck are we? Well, it's funny because... What you know, is going on, I mean, man? Isn't is one of the most popular things to say that, well, life is a classroom or, you know, we chose to be here. Whatever yeah. this, that, that thing is that, that people believe, yeah. well, what <clears> does that really mean? What the what are you learning if for thousands of years we're, we're doing the same psychological, personal, and social patterns over and over and over again? History repeats itself individually and socially. Mm-hmm. Then we're not learning. Then that's not the thing that we're supposed to be learning. We're supposed to be seeing through that to get to right. whatever right. there is. Right. You know what I mean? I think we. I think we've out. Yeah. We've outdone ourselves, and it's time to move on. And I think that the people, you know, that we intuit that again on some level, we intuit that, and then because we're fucked up and, and out of balance, it becomes well, it, it becomes this repressed thing that gets expressed in other. Ways like the computer that becomes our substitute for oneness, you know, the internet or virtual reality or whatever, um, mm-hmm. or this push toward you know alien god who's going to come down and you know befriend us or, or whatever. Um, uh, so I, I feel like if we if we just fucking sit <laughs> for a second and just shut the fuck up, well, 
and really yeah. contemplate this and go, all right, I don't have a handle on this. The end, right. you know, not, right. I don't have a handle on this. What do I do? Where do I go from here? Just, I don't have a handle on this. The end. <laughs> well, well, I, and that goes happens? back to that. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that goes back to, to the, to the, the, the Leeism here that from days gone by that you think you've got a toehold on reality and you don't. Right. You yes. don't. As soon as you get it, they change and that it. is horrifying. I mean, that then it, the reaction, our reaction to that, is in groping in the dark, uh, which which is you know the the way I feel like this is what I feel like we're at. We're groping in the dark. The computer, like you say, Jeremy, the advent of the computer and the internet and all these things. That's like our teddy bear in the dark to make us feel better. But that's not it. That's not what we're after. You know, I'm going to inject and, my consciousness into a machine, and then we're all going to oh fuck you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're I mean, that's forever. You know what? That's. I mean, I hate to say it because you know, Michu Kaku believes that. That's like he, he said. That's his one wish. You know, is immortality. Really? Yeah. That is what? just such a what fucking for? childish, <laughs> stupid thing to believe. Yeah. So, at any rate, I think our job is done here. That's right. <laughs> Jeremy, it was a pleasure getting to see you and for the first time and, uh, well. and to chit-chat. And I'd love, love to do it some more with you all. Yeah, well, yes, we'd love well. to have you back. Yeah, Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Back on the show and uh, be my friend in real life. <laughs> I, that, that, that sounds <laughs> fun. I would like that more than anything. There you go. Uh, and I, I <laughs> All right. Uh, I sit here... I just want everybody to know they're crazy. <laughs> well, Paratopia, <laughs> there you have it. How do you close out of that? There's yeah, no right. segueing. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye-bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, thanks, Lee. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lee. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Our <laughs> special thanks to Deb Cobble and Lee Townsend for coming on the show this week. Everybody have a safe and happy holiday. And if you drink, please don't drive. And that's it for this week's show, or is it? Because if you go to paratopia.net and you're a subscriber and you go into the hatch, take a look at the brand new section of bonus content, and there you will find a conversation between Jeff, Lee, and myself, um, mainly on Lee's experiences. So do go check that out. A little something extra for ye as a thank you. So... Thank you, and we'll see you next week.